This is good, man. Isn't it been a good day already? Worship's been great. Um, celebrating what God's doing in our lives and having a chance to connect with each other. And um, yeah, and I'm super pumped about today's message, you guys. Now, let me just remind you, um, again, whether you're a longtime K2-er or just checking us out here, here's what's true. Um, Susie kind of already said it. God is crazy, crazy in love with you. He just loves you so much. And we're in this series called Unstuck, and God wants to help every single one of us in this room to live a free and full life. And, uh, and he's here. That's what the coolest thing is. He's here, and uh, we've been praying and prepping for tonight. And, and uh, I just want to encourage you, as I go through this and as we read his word and God's word, which is alive and active and his spirit is present here, man, just pay attention to what he's saying to you in your heart. And Jesus says, if you hear me, if you hear me and then you follow me, man, you are gonna experience life that's so far beyond anything you could ever do on your own. And that's cool. Isn't that cool? That's possible for every one of us tonight. So, all right, man, so I, I, I was looking at some posts and people were complaining about the snow, right? It's like, we complain when we don't get snow and now we complain that we do have snow. And, uh, but I, I get it. And, uh, but being from Michigan, like this is so nothing. Like I am so appreciative of this. And one of the things that's true growing up in Michigan is I know how to drive in the snow, right? In fact, it was so much fun because when I grew up, almost every car was rear wheel drive, right? Instead of front wheel. Man, we used to go in the parking lot of the high school and just do donuts like crazy all the time. <laughs> yes, all right. <laughs> but it was so fun. So when I, was, uh, when I transferred uh, college down to Kentucky, I transferred in the middle of the year. So it was January in the middle of the year. And, uh, and I met a, a guy named Robbie Bundy. And Robbie was from North Carolina. And Robbie had never seen snow before, literally. Had never seen snow. And so, and this is crazy, the most snow I have ever seen in my life happened that year in Kentucky. And I didn't have a car and Robbie had a car. And I'll never forget the first time I got in and he drove. He drove for about 30 seconds and I said, you are never driving again. <laughs> I mean, we were sliding through intersections and he, did, he, he had no control. I'm like, dude, let me have the wheel, right? I know how to do this. But here's what's interesting. As much as I know how, to drive in the snow. I've also got stuck in the snow. Anybody else been stuck in the snow, even as the expert driver you may be? And here's what I've learned. When you get stuck in the snow, you do not get out by yourself. It's so humbling because you know you have to ask for some help. In fact, this last, just this last Christmas, Susie and the girls went to see her mom in, in, a, in a Colorado and they rode the train. And so, and on the way back, it was super snowy. In fact, you were supposed to get home at like 11 at night. You got in at like five in the morning. I mean, it was so late and stuff. And so I show up to pick him up. It had been snowing all night and I'm looking for a spot to park the car and I, and I see an opening. So I turn right in and it was an opening because there was a fire hydrant right there. And there was just tons of snow. And sure enough, there I am, totally stuck. And I can't get out. So I make my wife and my daughter push me out. <laughs> but, but, but it's true. Like if they weren't there to push me out, I don't get out. Okay? That's where we're going tonight. Spiritually, in your life, when you're stuck, you and I do not get out by yourself. 
You just don't. And God has designed it this way, actually. Okay? This is his plan. Now, let's remind ourselves, you're only stuck if there's some place you're trying to get to. (laughs) If you have a destination and you can't get there, that's when you're stuck. So we've looked at what are we trying to get unstuck from? Every one of us in this room has some sort of vice, some sort of thing that we're doing that we don't want to do. That's got some control over us. We'd love to be free from that. Almost every person in this room, some of us are better than others, but you have some relational patterns that are just, you do them over and over again and you're stuck and they're hurting your relationships and they're harming you. And then we talked about faith. Some of you have just been stuck in your faith. You actually believe there's a God or you might believe in Jesus. You might be a follower of Jesus and yet we get stuck and we we haven't experienced anything. We haven't taken any steps of faith and it's just like, it's just gotten drab and boring and God wants to set you free. This is his plan and his will for you is to be free from vices, to be free from relational patterns that are not loving and free to be reckless in your faith so you can know. So if you haven't been following it all in the series, we hit the first message was why we get stuck. And then the second one, we talked about the, there is power in Christ. God actually has supernatural power to give us to be unstuck. Last week, we talked about the practices, okay? And again, let me remind you, like I just mentioned them. So for the next three weeks, because I knew we couldn't equip you uh, last week. And so if you would like some actual time to sit there and go, okay, I'd love to learn these practices. The next three Wednesdays, the 1st, the 8th, and the 15th, from 6.30 to 8.30, we are, I'm actually gonna lead a workshop on the three practices we talked about, okay? So this Wednesday, we're gonna talk about how do we get... Um, unstuck from the lies that the battle that we have in here, okay? Almost all spiritual battle happens right here where the enemy is constantly putting thoughts inside our head about God, about ourselves, and about others that are not true, okay? So we're gonna talk on Wednesday. How do we take God's word, the Bible, which many people are like, this is so confusing. And this is so boring. This is so long. Um, how do we actually engage in the scripture in a way where you actually experience God. I'm telling you, you can. And if you don't, then show up Wednesday. Come, and we're gonna learn that. We're gonna learn how to replace these lies with his truth, okay? It's five bucks because we're gonna actually have dinner together. 6.30, 7, we'll just eat together. And then from 7 to 8.30, we'll, we'll do the workshop, okay? And that's gonna be out. We'll send all the information. You can actually sign up online and, and we'll take care of that. All right, tonight, we're gonna talk about the fact that we need people. We need people to get unstuck. Jesus came, he said, so that you and I could have life to the full. But I'm gonna show you in the scripture that this life is only possible in community. This is a team sport, y'all. It's a team sport. So however you're stuck, when it comes to life in Christ, here's my phrase for tonight, we only get there together, Okay? We only get there together. So I'm gonna open up, if you have your Bibles, you can open up Ephesians chapter four. It's up here on the screen. Um, I love the book of Ephesians. If I was gonna put it all in the nutshell, the very beginning in chapter one, God says, I revealed the mystery of my will. (laughs) That's cool. That should put our antennas up and go, well, what is it? And then he says, the mystery of his will purposed in Christ. The very purpose of Jesus, you guys. Okay, well, tell me what that is. 
And he says, by my good pleasure, this is my pleasure. You know what it is, you guys? His will, purpose in Christ by his good pleasure to unite everything in heaven and earth in Christ. Unity is the very heart and the purpose of God. And that's why Jesus came, was to unite us back to God and then to unite us to each other. So in chapter four, he starts off and he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. He's trying to help us to see. It's like, listen, you guys, and we talk about this is how we show the world that Jesus is actually alive and real by the way we're united to each other, okay? And again, I always say, so if unity is the will of God, then division is the will of the enemy, all right? Because you know what? We're never gonna get where God wants us to go unless we do it together. This is how it works. So in Ephesians chapter four, he says this. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. In other words, he goes, he gave some people to have some leadership gifts, okay? But now listen to this. Well, I'm gonna emphasize some of this as I go through this. Why? To equip who? His people. That's every one of you in this room. So God gave some to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Okay? Not just me, not just you. All of us are supposed to be built up until who reaches unity? We all do. So God's gonna work and work and work and he's created us. He wants us to work until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's freedom right there. You wanna talk about being stuck? Look at this. Then we will no longer be stuck is how I would say this. No, we will no longer be what? Infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Let me ask you a question. If you, be, if you are being tossed back and forth, tossed back and forth, are you reaching your destination? No. If you are being blown by the waves here and there, are you reaching your destination? And here's the truth. See, the scripture knows, it's like, you guys, you're stuck. You're stuck. And he goes, but I'm gonna help you get unstuck, but you gotta do it together. He goes back and he says, instead, speaking in the truth and love, we grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head and that is Christ. From him, the whole body. You guys getting this? Okay, y'all see that you're part of this? Okay, this is a team sport. The church is a body. And that means every single one of us, the only way we reach the measure of the fullness of Christ is if we do it together. And then he kind of nails the point home. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's you. Guys, get it? That's you. And that's me. All right? So we only get there 
together. So what's the destination in this passage? What's the destination? What do we, he says, until we all reach or attain, that means we actually get to something. There's four things that the scriptures, that this passage says is our goal. The first one is the destination is actually growing and being built up, okay? So let me ask you a question. If you're growing, are you stuck? No. If you're being built up, you're, are you stuck? No, so this is a process, you guys. So this is that, you know, that classic phrase, um, the journey is the destination, right? The journey is the destination. So we're all supposed to be growing. We're all to be, all of us are supposed to be being built up. And that's part of the destination. One of my favorite passages, 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You're not stuck. Why? Because with ever-increasing glory, you're being transformed into the image of Jesus. If it's ever-increasing, that's two cool things. You're not stuck, but here's the other thing. Do you ever get there if it's ever-increasing? No, it's a journey. Are you on the journey? Are you on the journey? Are you growing? Are you being built up? This is God's will for you to not be stuck. And then there's three other things he says the destination is. Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So again, unity means what? That means together. I'm not unified with myself. I'm unified with you. The whole will of God is for us to be in unity with each other. That's his goal for us until we all reach that faith and true knowledge of Christ. And then what's the other goal? He says, we can actually become mature. We can become mature. You know, my kids are 18. Well, next month, they'll all be 18, 20, and 22. All right? Does that mean they're mature? I am so in trouble because one of them's sitting right there. (laughs) Okay? But, 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 you know, seriously... All of us who had parents, who are parents, right? When you watch your kids, you, you want your kids to mature, grow physically, right? How many of you have a door with the measurements on it, right? How many of you did that? Really? Okay, okay, yeah. So our kids, we measured them because we wanted to make sure. And if they just stopped growing like this, that would be horrible, right? But we also hope they're growing emotionally. We're hoping they're growing intellectually. We're, ho- we're hoping that they grow relationally. And, 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 and I'm so sad for my son because apparently our brains don't develop for men until we're 25. So, and I would say, really? 45, 55? All right. But here's what God is saying. His goal for you and for me is to reach spiritual maturity. And we can do that. And then the last thing is that unbelievable thing that we can attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You guys, why are we here? Jesus is so beautiful. I, I, you know, even people who, who struggle with the church or, or struggle even to believe that Jesus is the son of God, they still, when, I, when you have conversations, but man, who he was was beautiful. A man of peace and a man of joy, a man of freedom, a man of purpose. And he's, here's, what, here's what God's will is for you. Jesus said it. I want your joy to be complete. I want to give you my joy. 
I want to give you peace that the world cannot give you. It doesn't fall up and down with the, the circumstances of life. All his love, you name it, the fullness, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And here's the point. And you will never reach that by yourself. You will never reach it by yourself. We only do it together. We get there together. I've, I've said this so many times here because some people will say, well, my, my faith is a private faith. It's like, okay, if it is, that's fine, but it's not a Christian faith because the Christian faith, as we're going to see, is what? Love one another. How, how can you have a private faith when the whole faith is revolved around relationship? That's what it's all about, all right? So how do we get there? If that's the destination, this full life that God has for us, total freedom, complete joy, maturity, and in Christ, how do we get there? Well, the one another's. It was fun, Patty. Uh, we we pray every morning as a as a staff, and Patty Horton led one of our prayer times this this uh, on Thursday, I think it was, and she led uh, how there are all these one another's in Scripture, and it was so cool because I'm like, that's perfect because that's what I'm going to speak about on on Saturday. So I looked it up on the internet. So this is what's true. All right. No, apparently there's 100 times in the New Testament where the words one another are. And there's 59 different one another's in the Bible, different ways that we're supposed to interact with each other, okay? I'm gonna tell you two. I'm gonna unpack this passage by telling there's two things that you and I can do, okay, to help each other. Number one, we need to work to build one another up and we need to work to bring one another back. We gotta work to build one another up and we gotta work to bring one another back. In that passage, in the, in the Ephesians passage, it talks about serving one another, right? We're equipped. His people are equipped for the works of service. Well, who do we serve? We serve each other. And then we support one another because it says, with joined and held together by every supporting ligament. So we serve one another, we support one another, we speak truth to one another, and we love one another, all right? So let's look at how we build one another up and work to bring one another back. Hebrews 3, chapter 12 and 13, or 3, 12 and 13 says this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, a believing heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Okay? How do we get there? <laughs> we only get there together. We got to encourage one another daily is what God tells us, all right? So let's work to build one another up. That's the first one. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Hebrews 10, 23 and 25, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is God's will for us, you guys, brothers and sisters. Love one another, build each other up. So we serve and we support and we speak truth. We encourage and we spur on. 
And, and I, I was going to say, you know, Jeff, like last night, that was what, one of the things that was so cool is that when he came up with this idea, yeah, Mike and Garrett, they're like, they spurred him on <laughs> and they encouraged him <laughs> and they breathed life in him. And then they made it happen. Like that, that's, that's one of the things, that's how we can be, we're helping each other. So here's my question for you. If the only way we get there is together and we need to be encouraging one another every day and we need to be spurring one another on in love and good deeds, we need to be supporting each other with these ligaments because it is hard to do. Here's my question for you. Who is your one another? Who is your one another? Who, and let me ask this one. Who are you encouraging? And who are you building up? Who, who do you spur on toward love and good deeds? Okay? And so I just want to tell you, you know, again, a lot of you in here, most of you in here, you're a follower of Jesus. And, and it was so cool because when we were worshiping, that whole reckless love Oh, the reckless love of God, it chases us down. It comes after us. As we were worshiping, I was thinking, oh my gosh, why do we build one another up? Because Jesus is inside you, you guys. His spirit lives inside of us. And all Jesus wants to do is build you up. All he wants to do is set you free. All he wants you to do is experience the fullness of life. He came and gave his life for you. And now he's living inside of me. And so that's why as a follower of Jesus, I, if I, I connect with people and I let the spirit of God inside of me encourage other people, spur other people on, exhort them and encourage them. So who do you, who's your one another? Who are you actually encouraging and spurring on and committed to? And then the second thing, obviously, the flip side of that is who is encouraging you? Who is building you up? And who's spurring you on toward love and good deeds? And I'm telling you, every single one of us needs that. You will need that. Okay? Even Jesus, I think, modeled this for us. The son of God himself. He's like, I got 12 guys that I'm going to fill up and train to change the world. But you guys, if, you, and if, you, if you're new to the scripture, here's what's really cool about Jesus. And then out of those 12, he said, but Peter and James and John, I need you. He actually put around himself three guys that when he was going to have to go to the garden of Gethsemane and, and wrestle whether he would do what God wanted him to do or not, he's like, pray. For me, pray, right? If Jesus needed people alongside him on the journey, do you think you do? And if you think you're going to make it in this world without being encouraged and spurred on and, encouraged and towards love and good, you're just not. You're not going to make it. This is how we do it. So, follower of Jesus, who are you doing this with? Who's your one another? And who are you receiving it from? Okay? And then let me just ask you, and how are you devoted to meeting together? Who are you devoted to meeting together with? This is huge, you guys. How often did the scripture say that we're supposed to encourage each other? Daily? <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. How in the world do we do that in America? Okay. Weekly is hard enough, right? <laughs> Weekly is super hard to be committed 
to other people. We did a series though, when we looked at the, the church in early in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit filled the group of people, what did he do? They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to eating in each other's homes and to gathering like this, okay? So how are you devoted to meeting together? That's why we have Life Together groups here, you guys. At some point as a church, like I don't know how much can actually, it was great, it's great to greet one another. We, we, can, we can, we can pour into each other. We can encourage each other out in the lobby. But come on, man, if you're really struggling and you need support and you need help, it's probably not gonna happen within this one hour. It's probably gonna happen out there. And that's why we have Life Together groups. So we can get together and be committed to each other and to be devoted to one another and get to know each other. And then I think once you get in the Life Together group, I think you need something more than that. I do. So on Tuesday nights, we have, Susan and I have our Life Together group. And then on Tuesday nights, I meet with three other guys. Two of them are sitting here right now. And the four of us get together. And now we can go a little bit deeper. And that's what we're trying to do. Spur one another on. Encourage each other. And then... How do we, and then uh, I actually had a, a, a college friend that I reconnected with this last summer, Larry Boss. And man, I was, I, like after we got together, I'm like, why in the world have I not been staying connected to Larry? <laughs> and so I just, I called him at the beginning of the year and I said, Larry, I want to run this race. Can, you don't, do, do any of you guys want to run the race? Do you want to win the prize? Like when the Bible says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run. Anybody else here get entangled? I feel so entangled. <laughs> and I like him. I like Jesus. I kind of like him a lot. And I'm still get distracted and I can't. So I asked Larry every week, could you and I FaceTime? And would you, let's just try to spur one another on and run this race. So who, who, who's your, who are your people? Who's your group? Who's your four, like Jesus had? And do you have a one, we used to call them running partners. Do you have, do you have one person you're like, just kick my butt, would you? Just kick it and keep me tight with you, okay? And then how you doing this daily? You know, it's cool. So the guys that we meet together with, we, we, one way we figured to, to actually be in the scripture to, to, yeah, on a daily basis is we, we, we spend time in, his, in the word personally. And then, the next thing we do is we actually text each other. So we put the little verse at the top and we just do a abbreviated short, like, hey man, here's how I feel like God spoke to me today. And that happens every day. Now, not every one of us does it every day, but every day somebody's doing it. And you know what? We are encouraging each other. I receive their stuff and I'm like, man, that's so good. So that's just one, one, one way that maybe you could do this daily is we don't get together every day, but with technology today, we can totally encourage each other every day. I tell you, man, do you want to win? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be full? Do you want the complete life that has for you? Then we need to do it together. We got to work to build each other up. All right? So that's the first one. And then the second thing is we only, uh, is we got to work to bring one another back. We need to work to bring one another back. James 5 says this, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death 
and cover over a multitude of sins. Uh, Come thou fount of every blessing. It's a good old hymn. In that, it has a line that I, I love every time we sing it. It says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Anybody else? You know why? Talked about it in the first series. We've got this sinful nature, man, and it desires the things that are contrary to God. And every one of us has it. We're prone to wander. You know what's happening, you guys, when we're wandering? That's kin to being blown here and there and tossed back and forth. If you're wandering, I can tell you this, you're not arriving at your destination. You're just not. And so are you wandering? Or who do you know that's wandering? And then what's he say? Brothers and sisters. When you start to wander, serve and support each other. Speak truth to each other. Love one another. You know, and when I was saying that, when you start, and it's not if you wander, it's when you wander. Now, here's, here's why the first part is so important. If I'm not meeting with Bill and Kevin and JJ every week, if I'm not checking in with Larry, okay, then you know what? You can start to wander and nobody knows. But I tell you what, if you actually are joined and held together by supporting ligaments, right? Then as soon as you start to wander, what happens? The person who's arm in arm with you goes, hey, where are you going? Why, why are you pulling me over here? I thought we were running this race. And I tell you, there's not, there's not one of us at some point that says, you know, I'm just going to take a break. You know, and sometimes we do need a break. You do. But man, I got to tell you, after 35 years of doing this, when I hear someone say they, they need a break, I go, okay. And I probably better, better check in with you in a month or two. Because <laughs> lots of times when people need a break, it means I'm struggling to follow Jesus and I don't want you to know it. <laughs> and then we get off and our hearts get hard and we start not being free and we get stuck. So we only get there together and it saves them from death and it covers a multitude of sins. Because we don't only save people from their own pain, but a multitude of sins is because all of our sin is what hurts everybody else. Mary, when we talked in the first message, part of the reason we're stuck is because we're coping with the sin that's been done to us because we're hurting. You know why we're hurting? It's because people sinned <laughs> and it hurts. So when we see someone wandering and they're sinning, then we need to realize not only are they going to experience destruction, but everyone around them is going to start experiencing pain. I love how Eugene Peterson said it. He goes, my dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. <laughs> After the pandemic, you're like, oh. Because what happened when, when, we, when you got COVID? What'd you do? Isolate yourself. Why? Because you didn't want to get everybody else sick. So that's what, when, when we sin, you guys, you know what we do? We hide, man. We feel shame and we pull away and we isolate and it just gets worse. But here's the other thing. It causes a pandemic 
if we go out and spread our sin to everybody else. So if you see somebody wandering, we got to work to bring one another back. Last thing, Galatians 1, 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Restore somebody gently. Gently. That's why Jesus said, man, if you do see a speck in someone's eye, don't whack him with a religious beam. You self-righteous, whatever you want to call him. No. When your kid had something caught in their eye, you took a Kleenex and you, you, you got it really small and you came up very closely and you took the speck out of their eye. So when you see someone hurting, you don't get on your high, righteous, you know, judgmental, religious, I'm better than you thing. Because you know you've done the same stuff in different ways. But you do restore them gently. And then we carry each other's burden. You guys, sin is a burden. It's heavy. So I'm going to help you arrive at our, des- at our destination. Because I want you to experience the fullness of Christ. Pain is heavy. Sin done to us is heavy. And our own sin is heavy. It's hard to carry. So we need to help each other carry it. We need to help each other carry it. You know, I was, I was sharing with the guys when I was going through my message on Thursday. I was really struggling years ago. And it, um, it was, it, but it was more here. <laughs> I was struggling in, in leadership and struggling in my, uh, just with K2 and, and, and things. And I remember just sitting there going, man, who can I tell this to? And I just feel like, I can't tell anybody. And then I had one person who I used to tell everything to, and that was Steve Andrews. He was my lead pastor back in Detroit. But I used to call him all the time and say, Steve, help me, Steve, help me, Steve, help me. And then I finally started thinking, you know what? He probably gets the, the, the phone and goes, Nelson again? Oh, God. Seriously? Dude, get your act together. Where did that thought come from? Yeah. So, you know, now I start thinking, oh, he doesn't want me to call, so now I don't call. And then I go back to Michigan and he's too busy. He can't meet with me. So finally I say, well, how about if we take me, but take me to the airport and we'll have some time together and I can talk. He calls me the night before says, Hey, could Verna take you to the airport? Cause I, and I'm like, see, he doesn't want anything to do with me. So I went home, came back here and I hid in my darkness. And when you hide in your darkness, man, it gets dark and it gets lonely and it gets confusing. And it's really hard. You know what's funny? I finally told him. I said, Steve, I feel like I can't call you. You know, I told him the whole story. You know what he did? He just started weeping. He, he didn't feel that way at all. You guys, this is the enemy. He wants to isolate you. He wants to keep you alone. And we need each other. This is how we win this battle. What does it, the last thing, what did it say? This is how you and I will fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love one another the way I loved you. I gave my life for you and I suffered for you. So let's fight to build each other up and let's fight to bring each other back, okay? Who's your 
one another. All right? And I'm going to have Derek. He's going to come up. Come on up, Derek. I'm going to have Derek just kind of close us out and share with us the different ways that we can connect. Um, Before he does, you guys, let me say one last thing. So we're starting a new series next week. We're actually going to go through the book of 1 John, okay? And part of the reason we're going through 1 John is it is a book about love. It's a book about community. And it's a book that helps the, 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 the church was hurting. There were people inside it. They were tearing it apart. And he really comes at us and says, you guys, we can do this, but we got to do it together. So we're going to actually go through the book of 1 John. It's, a fa- it's one of my favorites. I, I, I'm so excited to be able to teach this thing. So one of the things we thought, we just want to encourage you, maybe this week, start reading 1 John. Just take the book, just read it. So you're familiar with it. And as we go into it, you'll, be, you'll have your own thoughts and the spirit of God will already be speaking to you. Okay? All right, go for it, Derek.